the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for a Thanksgiving picnic? Well, there's a good chance that you'll be made to feel guilty if you have a big Thanksgiving dinner, you know, around the dining room table. You'll be expected to be out in the backyard, I guess. That's right. Lockdowns could be coming again. There's a surge of COVID-19 cases around the country, apparently. Governor Cuomo has already told the people of New York, I guess it's New York City, I don't think it's the whole state, but he told the people of New York City that as of Friday, they will not be allowed to have more than 10 people gathered inside. And that includes your own apartment or your house. 10 people, that's it. I guess they're going to send the the stormtroopers around and break your door down and count the people in your house. Anyway, I guess they'd be okay to be in there if they're celebrating the big guy's big win the other night. But he says that if that doesn't work, not allowing people to have more than 10 people in their homes, then it's going to be time to not allow eating inside the restaurants. You know, the old, same old uh, lockdown routine, back to the old one. He said, if these numbers keep going crazy, you will go back to a close down. That's what he referred to it as, I think, a close down. And that's New York City. But there are people out there advising everybody in the country about what they should do on Thanksgiving Day, which is two weeks from tomorrow. I I heard uh, CNN's medical expert, Dr. Lena Wen, uh, very calmly and nicely and politely uh, saying on uh, on the air that it's just uh, you're just going to have to forget it. You can't uh, you know forget the Thanksgiving thing. Uh, you don't want to have unnecessary travel, so forget about inviting family from outside, you know, out of town to come in. And uh, if you do have it, you got to do it outside. That's right, outside. Now, if you think that's uh, something that uh, sounds like a good idea to you, then you know, be my guest. But uh, that's what that's what that's what Doctor Lena Wen suggests you do. She's not the only person out there making that suggestion. Now, believe it or not, I did check the uh, 14-day forecast for the Western PA area. And believe it or not, it's expected to be 62 degrees on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I didn't see what it is for Thanksgiving Day, so go ahead and plan a picnic. I guess just hope that the uh, the forecast is right and it doesn't rain. Uh, it, hey, it says 62 two weeks from today. Maybe two weeks from tomorrow it'll be 42. I don't know. But it is November 26th, and there are people out there suggesting that you have Thanksgiving dinner outside, Okay. <laughs> not Memorial Day dinner, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I guess you just hope the forecast is right and, you know, dress warmly and who knows. Now, do you know anybody is gonna, who's going to have Thanksgiving dinner outside? Because I don't. Our family plans to defy death and do exactly what we always do on Thanksgiving, and we won't be wearing masks or social distancing, so send the police over and uh, we'll have the windows blocked so they can't look in and see what we're doing. But I dare you to send the cops over to my family's place and uh, check out what we're doing. If the if the edict comes down that you're only allowed to have your uh, only uh, the household members for dinner, that's that's what's going to be coming pretty soon here. Who's, who knows what we're going to be in two weeks? Actually, lockdowns could be coming to a neighborhood near you though any day now. Meanwhile, there are lots of doctors who who will tell you that the lockdowns are worse than the disease. I'm going to talk to one of those doctors when we come back. Stick around. This is Lou Barletta. Pennsylvania is the birthplace of our republic. Both the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution were written in our Commonwealth. But now, our democratic election process has been attacked. We the people need to speak out to our elected state legislators and demand that they only certify an honest election count in Pennsylvania. Dead voters, election officials who do not comply with United States Supreme Court orders, poll watchers thrown out of polls, and much, much more. Every legal vote must be counted, and every illegal ballot must be thrown out. 
Stand up for your freedom. Call or email your state legislators today. Tell them we demand an honest election in Pennsylvania. Thank you, and may God bless America. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt 501c3 committee. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275 or SalemCareerHub.com. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show. On AM 1250, The Answer. As I told you a few minutes ago, they're talking about more lockdowns. Governor Cuomo, who loves lockdowns more than anybody, has told the people in New York City that they are not allowed. This will be as of Friday. You can do it today. You'll be safe. But Friday, it's no more. Uh, As of, I think, Friday at 10 o'clock. No more than 10 people in their homes at the same time. And he says if the numbers don't get better, he will shut down the restaurants for only takeout and delivery. And, of course, no more bars, no more than 10 people in the gym at one time. The same old stuff, you know, lockdowns uh, that, that everybody remembers so fondly from a few months ago. Uh, and, uh, if, and if lockdowns come back to western Pennsylvania, it'll be for our own good. You know that. Dr. Matt Strauss would not agree with that, though. He joins us now. Dr. Matt, thanks for being here. Oh, great pleasure. Thanks for having me. So uh, you wrote in your piece, and we've had you on before, by the way, and I appreciate you coming back. Um, you, you wrote in your piece at The Spectator that if lockdowns were a prescription drug for COVID treatment, the FDA would never have approved it. Why not? Right. So you need to have rather bulletproof, randomized clinical trials showing that the benefits of your medicine are uh, outweigh the risks. Um, we don't have that for lockdown, and we have accumulating evidence that the risks, the costs of lockdown are very dire. Early in the pandemic, people were saying, oh, you're putting the economy before lives, but the economy affects lives. Um, that's what we're seeing. So uh, 
in I think there's there's preliminary suicide data for the U.S. Armed Forces. Suicides have gone up 50 percent. Homicides nationwide have gone up uh, 50 percent. Uh, in my country, in Canada, we're seeing uh, opioid overdoses tripling. Uh, in some jurisdictions, we're seeing domestic violence calls up 50 percent. So all of social isolation has real significant health impacts. And that's why I'm saying if, if, if lockdown was a drug and your doctor said you should take it and you said, hey, doc, what are the risks? If he said suicide, depression, overdose, domestic violence, you'd say, you know what, I, maybe I'll try a different medicine. Yeah. And, and so what are you seeing specifically in your practice uh, that as a result of lockdowns that you can, you know, that your patients tell you about? Right. So um, I'm a critical care specialist. I look after people on life support. Back in March and April combined, I looked after about seven people in total who required life support uh, for COVID-19. So I'm certainly not a COVID-19 denier. I know it's a, it's a real disease that can make people real sick. And about half of those seven people, unfortunately, succumb to it. Um, but that's seven people that I've seen in the last nine months. Conversely, uh, I've some days I've been admitting two, three people at a time to the hospital with negative health outcomes from lockdown. So there was an elderly woman. Um, she lived in a retirement home. The nurses weren't staffed to feed her because she couldn't feed herself. So her family had been coming in to feed her in her retirement home. They were banned from the premises because of um, these counterproductive social distancing uh, maneuvers. And she ended up coming to hospital unconscious from starvation. Uh, and she's not the only starving elderly person from a nursing home that I've seen in the last few months. So the the, the suffering uh, that these social distancing measures have caused is incalculable. Incalculable. But I, I've just, I'm seeing it with my own eyes every every day. Someone's coming in with some new um, bad outcome from their depression or stress or in that, in that case starvation. It would be different if you were the only doctor seeing this, but you're not. It's everywhere, right? It is everywhere, and what's crazy, like, what is so crazy about it is when I first started taking to social media and subsequently uh, to The Spectator and then to Radio Waves talking about it, I was getting blowback, um, you know, from acquaintances or, or, frankly, just busybodies saying that I shouldn't be telling people what I see with my own eyes because this is dangerous, and what if people don't? stay totally terrified of this disease, then they won't listen to us when we tell them that they have to shut their business down or whatever else. So I, I've been told repeatedly, and I've had people complain to my workplaces that by just telling the truth about what I'm seeing, uh, I'm somehow a subversive uh, and, and need to be put on warning. So I, I think that's why you're not seeing more doctors talk about it. But yeah, we're all seeing it. And, and I, my, my guesstimate uh, among the, the physicians and nurses that I work with is a majority think a lot of this is overblown, but um, aren't necessarily as, you know, secure in their job prospects enough to, to risk everything uh, talking to the media about it. Listen, I had, I've had doctors tell me, I, I had doctors telling me back in April that they thought it was overblown. Um, I had uh, people telling me, uh, a person who worked in a hospital, um, not as a doctor, but uh, working in a hospital, and you know, when this started, because he was working in a hospital, he figured he'd go around and ask the doctors what they thought of all this. And he said most of them rolled their eyes over it. So, um, but, you know, those people who were rolling their eyes weren't showing up on local TV telling people to calm down. They were telling people to go hide in their houses, hide in their basement, don't come out. That's what they said. Yeah, you know, you know, my hope is, my dear hope, like, I, again, I'm Canadian. I, I did not have a dog in the fight of your last election. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really hope that all of this disproportionate fear mongering was in fact part of, uh, uh, part of an attempt by media to, to swing the election, you know, saying everything is worse than it is in order to terrify right. people and have the election come out one way. So I'm really, really hoping that all of the fear mongers who, you know, succeeded in a limited way in achieving that, we'll go home and just stop and, 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 and let doctors and nurses talk to people about what's actually going on so that we can make decisions that are proportionate to the danger that we're seeing. Unfortunately, the guy who's uh, right now the president-elect has said that uh, I think like 15 minutes after he's inaugurated, he's going to try to have a national mask mandate and he wants he wants more lockdowns. He's he he says I'm going to listen to the doctors and 
one of them is Dr. Emmanuel. I don't know if you know who he is, Ezekiel Emmanuel. Oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's uh, saying that, uh, you know, about another year and a half we should be okay. You know, just lock everything down for a year and a half. So, I mean, just on a and personal level, that's why he's level, on his advisory board. He's on yeah, his advisory board. a year and a half. When you say yeah. a year and a half, I personally cannot do it, and I won't do it. Like, no. I will. No, neither will uh, I. But. Um, and I, th- I think it was very clear. I, I, I believe Biden's own legal advisors have since told him a national mask mandate would be completely unconstitutional. I'm, I'm not an yeah. expert in, in. Well, no, in what he's going to do, Matt, is he's going to, he knows that, but he's going to lean on governors, and then if he, the governors don't do it, he's going to lean on local people. He's going to take his, you know, the power of the presidency and try to, you know, just not legally do it or he knows he can't do it constitutionally but he's the president so he'll be running around telling people they should be doing it and then you become a bad person if you don't listen to the president who's only looking out for your your best interests well i uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope you'll I, I hope you'll win that fight that's all i can say um because yeah. i i think it's, it's going to do a lot more harm than good and it's, it's no way to live for another year and a half we're talking to Dr. Matt Strauss. You can see his piece up at the Spectator um, about this. So, so, what was it that led the various governments to believe that lockdowns were the only way to go? I mean, who came? That's it's a brand new idea for a, for a, 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 a pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, like, uh, this is a little bit speculative. Well, the, the part that's not speculative is there. There was this uh, paper published by Imperial College London. Um, that showed, you know, millions would die in the United Kingdom if they didn't lock down immediately. So, um, of course, nothing like that happened. Uh, the models were widely criticized in the scientific community as, as making inaccurate assumptions. And, and the proof is in the pudding. That just didn't happen. Um, if you take those same models and apply them to Sweden, which didn't lock down, um, Sweden beat their, the, the proposed, um, kind of fear-mongering scenarios by by more than a factor of 10. So those models were just completely inaccurate, and the modelers have a lot of egg on their face. So, um, and, and that's what I talk about in the piece on the spectators, that we would never um, license a drug therapy based on mathematical models. It would never happen. That's, that's not even really science. Science is doing experiments and seeing what actually happens in the real world. So now that we've seen, you know, what's happened in Sweden, um, Florida has, has taken a much more liberal um, uh, approach, and so has Georgia, and they've both done far, far better than New York and New Jersey. So we just have to start updating our mental models for the, the real data that we're seeing, and, it, and the real data shows that lockdowns don't work. If your listeners are interested, the best paper that's been published uh, uh, on on this, they looked at data from all from all the 50 countries they had good data on and corrected for everything they could correct for. It was published by The Lancet. It's by Dr. Chowdhury, C-H-U-D-R-Y. It was published this past summer, and it showed no effect whatsoever from lockdowns uh, on on death rates. Now, the other the speculative part of what I want to say is uh, the New York Times, I, this sounds conspiratorial, but the New York Times has reported that the Chinese Communist Party made a massive Twitter troll farm social media attempt to get Western economies to, to lock down. That sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but it's, it's a matter of fact. It's, it's, I, you, know, you may have your views about the New York Times. It's still the paper of record uh, in my mind. And it's as outlandish as it sounds, they, they printed that three months ago. It's, it's been proven. So when you look at um, uh, Southeast Asian democracies like Japan, South Korea, uh, Singapore, Taiwan, They've all done terrifically well. None of them used draconian lockdowns uh, the, uh, like the Chinese communists did in Wuhan. So, so the, yeah, in conclusion, it's, it's the two things. It's, it's the models, but those models have been propped up by, I would say, nefarious communist actors. If, if you believe Russia interfered in the 2016 election, then you better believe that China is interfering in North American politics in 2020 because they're far more aggressive and far more sophisticated. But, you know, th- this thing, uh, what, bo- what, what uh, just bugs me is that I- I- everything that you're saying makes sense, but we're talking about doctors. You're a doctor yourself, and, and if there's anybody you're, you should have to trust, it's a doctor who's, gonna, you know, who's looking out for you. You're, you're entrusting your life to a doctor when you go to see him in many cases, and 
what is taking them so why haven't why why have you noticed this and so many other doctors just seem to go along i know you mentioned you don't want to lose their jobs but uh, but come on is it there's got to the they're losing people's lives and ruining the world with this thing and so why aren't more doctors aware of it and 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 standing up against it it can't be just fear of losing their jobs can it um i i hope not i mean i think uh, I, I think people make up their minds in different ways. I think, you know, so a lot of the doctors I work with in cities that haven't had particular outbreaks, they think, okay, like it hasn't been that bad here, but maybe it's because of the measures that were taken. Maybe it is that bad elsewhere. Um, and then they don't, you know, like the other thing is doctoring is hard work. We're all very concerned about our patients. We're all very busy looking after them and we're not necessarily um, pouring over news reports and scientific publications about what's happened in in Sweden or, uh, or, uh, um, Czechoslovakia. So I, I, I do agree that doctors generally have their patients interests at heart. Um, but n- not all of them are willing to enter a political foray. And, uh, and many of them are, are, are willing to be- look, not every doctor is an epidemiologist or an infectious disease doctor. Many view these sorts of decisions as not part of their expertise. Uh, and so they keep their head down and, and do the the cardiology or the pediatrics that they're um, that they're trained to do. So I, I I don't blame them. I mean I think you do have to honestly say what you're seeing. That that's just a that's a requirement for living in a democracy. Yeah, whether you're a doctor or not. Now I just saw this Dr. Jenna or Dr. Uh, Leanna Wen on CNN. And she was telling people that they should have their. Th- I know you did this up in Canada. Uh, I, I have property up there in Canada, so I uh, and I haven't been able to go up there for. It'll be a year in December since I've been there. Um, we're not allowed over the border. But um, uh, Doctor Lena Wen, she said that uh, you know, just you're just going to have to have Thanksgiving dinner outside. Uh, it's you know, it's November here. I don't know if you're. Since I think it's November in Canada too. It's November here. Late November, and she, these are people with a straight face expecting Americans to have a picnic in their backyard for Thanksgiving. Who, who, what doctor goes on television and says something like that and thinks anybody's going to I can do you one better. Our chief public health officer for the country told Canadians they should consider wearing masks during sex. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the radio, so I yeah, apologize you can if say I'm it. not. Yeah, that doesn't but surprise it, me. It, it, it's one, it, like, I, I don't know what planet they're living on, um... It's it, it's it's as though aliens are giving us public health advice. When I saw that, I, I was like, I, "What are you talking about?" Like, I think um, it is possible. Well, here's another here's another dynamic that's at play: is that the folks who are on TV writing these policies and promoting these policies often are not deeply engaged in daily clinical practice with actual living, breathing humans. Like some of them had kind of gone the administrative bureaucratic route. And whatever industry each of your listeners is in, I think they they probably have an understanding of how the, the the further you get from what's actually happening on the ground, the more you can kind of make just ludicrous statements like wear a mask during sex or uh, or eat a turkey uh, outside in November. Now uh, I only have about a minute and a half left. If it's some at some point, is it actually better? Uh, for, forget the. The residual, resi- I got one minute. We've got residual effects of the lockdown you mentioned, but what about the possibility that the lockdown doesn't do any good as far as uh, preventing the disease from spreading, or it may actually just delay it and make it worse when it finally does get here? I got about forty-five seconds. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what the the data bears out. Sweden didn't have a lockdown. They're not having a second wave. France is. They're they're deeply locked down. Argentina was extremely locked down. Brazil was more liberal. Argentina and Brazil have the exact same uh, cumulative mortality per capita. So I think the dust is largely settling and we're seeing the lockdown achieved almost precisely nothing at, at great personal cost. So um, I, I don't know what to say beyond the, the proof is in the pudding. The data is out there. It's just going to take um, politicians and media personalities a while to climb down from the tree that they climbed up. Dr. Matt Strauss, hey, I really appreciate you coming on again. Thank you very much. Great info. Thanks for having me. We'll be back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Georgia election officials have announced an audit of presidential election results. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger says his office wants the process to begin by the end of the week. 
Earlier today, President Trump visiting the tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery to take part in the annual presidential rite. Mr. Trump honored veterans in a ceremony that was held during a steady rain. Ada remains a tropical storm as it prepares to skirt past the heavily populated Tampa Bay region in Florida, crash ashore in the coming hours somewhere to the north along the Gulf of Mexico coast. An early rally today on Wall Street lost some steam by the closing bell, leaving major indexes mixed. The Dow dropped 23 points. The Nasdaq gained 232. The S&P 500 picked up 27. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually... SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. (laughs) What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to SelectQuote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Gay Secular continues to see voting violations. The one in Pennsylvania I think is extremely significant. The Constitution says very clearly, unequivocally, that the state legislature will determine the various methods of how the election will take place. The legislature did make changes to the election uh, process. The problem here is that the legislature was usurped by the court. Gay Secular Live. Weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The answer. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licker Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licker Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasevic for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The coronavirus pandemic and state order restrictions on travel-related industries resulted in massive declines in passenger counts at airports nationwide. Pittsburgh International is no exception. So, is the worst over at Pitt? What is the propriety of continuing subsidies for airlines there? And what might be the fate of the airport's billion-dollar-plus terminal project? Learn more at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy wisdom has been challenged since 1995. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, a state administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer Mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy congestion continues on the Parkway East outbound. You'll see about a six minute delay. Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel on the inbound side, Forest Hills to the tunnel. Now, we also see delays on William Penn Highway westbound between Golden Mile Highway and the Parkway East. Over to the Parkway West, everything moving along pretty nicely. Penn Avenue construction set up until 7 between Ardmore Boulevard and Graham Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Tonight will be cooler with plenty of clouds. Expect a low tonight of 40. Cooler tomorrow with times of clouds and sunshine. Tomorrow will reach a high of 56. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 36. Friday, mostly sunny with a high of 55. Clear to partly cloudy Friday night, low 30. Saturday, partly sunny. Saturday's high, 48. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. There are still counting votes in Pennsylvania. Allegheny County just announced uh, that they'll be counting almost 3,000 ballots uh, that have no signatures. Um, That should be good. Tyler O'Neill of PJ Media looked into Pennsylvania uh, in their voting issues and came up with 10 reasons why you shouldn't trust the numbers. He joins us now. Tyler, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Good to be here. So, Yeah, so uh, the headline uh, of the piece in, at the PJ Media, uh, this is not something that should make people feel very comf- uh, comfortable or confident, I should say. Ten reasons Pennsylvania's election results may be, quote, irredeemably compromised. That doesn't sound good. No, no, it's not good at all. Uh, but that is the conclusion that I think someone would come to from reading this lawsuit as I did. And I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's the conclusion that <laughs> Jenna Ellis, a Trump lawyer who calls herself president-elect Jenna Ellis on Twitter, uh, actually said, you know, she said, this is the conclusion. Pennsylvania is irredeemably compromised. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, your, the election problems are endemic and rather terrifying. Yeah, and um, let's go through the 10. That's the easiest way to do this. Um, I don't know if you do this in, in uh, if, if, does the order, is the significance, is there any order to the significance, or to the, um, the order that you, uh, any significance to the order in which you listed these? Well, I think the important, I, I didn't go for significance. I went for how it shows up in the lawsuit. Okay. So the lawsuit is 106 pages long. Congratulations uh, for boils- reading it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I uh, picked that up from Hillsdale College. I actually yeah. read things. Uh, imagine that. Uh, but in, I, I think that there's a statement that kind of puts it all together in one sentence. In a rush to count mail ballots and ensure Democrat Joe Biden is elected, Pennsylvania has created an illegal two-tiered voting system for the 2020 general election devaluing in-person votes. I think that pretty much sums it up. So we, I, I will go through the, the 10. First, I just want to mention the two uh, parts of the U.S. Constitution that the lawsuit says uh, Kathy Bookvar and the other Pennsylvania election officials violated. Uh, it says that they violated the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, and that they violated uh, the first Ar- Article 1, the sections on electors and elections, which say that it's the legislatures of the states, not the governors or their appointed officials, or in this case, the secretary of Pennsylvania, who makes the laws for, for elections. And I think that's, that's a key bit. So the first yeah. thing is ignoring ballot safeguards. And Bookvar and county officials are repeatedly ignored essential safeguards that were written into the law specifically to defer, to deter fraud and ensure transparency due to the inherent risk of mail-in voting. And I think it's, it's important to note the legislature passed Act 77, which allowed all Pennsylvanian voters to ask for the option to vote by mail without providing a reason or excuse, but they still have to file an application to get there. And Kathy Bukvar decided that, oh, no, they don't actually have to sign an application in order to get their ballot. She decided that in contradiction to Act 77. And Act 77 also prohibits a voter from casting both a mail-in ballot and an in-person ballot. And the lawsuit brings up key, key reasons to think that that was not necessarily followed. So that's, that's kind of the groundwork. Then you have point two, which is confusing guidance. Uh, Secretary Bookfar sent all the county election boards a guidance document saying that naked ballots, ballots that were returned not in the security 
and the security folder should still be counted. And she, she claims that a naked ballot is not invalidated. Well, as it turns out, you know, in a month later, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, hey, Kathy Bookvar is wrong and you shouldn't count naked ballots. But Kathy Bookvar never sent an updated guidance to the county election officials. So what, what are they going to do? Count naked then, ballots. Exactly. And you had this, this horrible, horrifying uh, incident in Luzerne County, this is point three, where they found a bunch of military ballots that had been filled out and thrown into the trash. And seven of the nine had been cast for President Trump. Uh, then there are worrying reports of extra ballots. That's point four, uh, where people had received, vote, voters reported receiving unsolicited mail-in ballots. And then when they went to in, in person to their polling places, the poll book said that no mail-in ballot had been sent, uh, which really has people scratching their heads. There was unsecured voting, uh, where in Allegheny County, uh, voters reported that poll workers watched voters cast provisional ballots in such a way that the poll worker could determine which candidate the voter had selected. And then the poll worker could, you know, ostensibly choose, oh, you voted for the candidate I like. I'm going to keep your provisional ballot. Oh, you didn't? Well, uh, let's, let's keep that one on hold. Uh, and, of course, this, this hasn't been confirmed that they were doing this. And I don't necessarily want to accuse them of it, but it is suspicious. Uh, some reports say that New Jersey voters actually went, uh, came in from New Jersey and voted in Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is a swing state. And they said they were New Jersey voters. They identified themselves that way. And they were still allowed to cast ballots in person. Uh, an, an observer in Chester County claimed that he witnessed an election worker altering the results of unclear ballots, uh, specifically switching ballots, votes that had been marked for Donald J. Trump to another candidate. Gee, I wonder who that might be. Uh, then there were mis misaddressed ballots, uh, where there were dozens of mail-in ballots that were addressed to single addresses, each ballot being in a different name. And then the carrier, the mail carrier said that the, uh, the people whose names were on the ballots were not names of people who lived at those addresses, and some ballots were mailed to vacant homes, vacation homes, empty lots, and addresses that do not exist. So uh, extra ballots, no, no potential for fraud there, right? Uh, finally, you had naked ballots in Philadelphia, uh, where Philadelphia County sent a notification to voters who had cast inadequate ballots, urging them to cure the ballots. This is the thing that really stood out to me, because I, I'm not entirely sure what the law is, like, I know that in many states you're allowed to cure ballots, but the way it works, you know, you don't usually have election officials reaching out to voters. The election officials will tell political parties or, you know, campaigns that this voter has a bad ballot. If you want, mm -hmm. you can contact them and tell them to cure it. That's the way that the system, I believe, is supposed to work. When Philadelphia County and a few other Democrat-leaning counties the election workers themselves, the people on the public dollar, went and told voters to cure their ballots. And then in Republican-leaning counties, uh, they followed the law and didn't do this. So there's, there's serious concerns that there's a double standard in the way that these ballots are handled. And then finally, and this is the one that, you know, we've heard many cases from the Trump campaign uh, that election officials have deprived poll watchers of their right to observe the count. And in some cases, you know, these, these officials have violated legal orders. Um, in in uh, Philadelphia County, the Commonwealth Court Judge Christine Fizzano-Cannon uh, issued an order on November 5th requiring that poll watchers be permitted to observe all aspects of the canvassing process within six feet, and yet the officials still did not allow the Trump poll watchers to stand within six feet of counting ballots. And it's estimated that 680,000, 770 ballots were processed
by Allegheny and Philadelphia County boards of elections when there was no observation allowed. Um, wow. So, you know, that, that's quite a bit more than the 45,000 votes that Biden leads Trump in Pennsylvania. I, I'm not certain, you know, I've, I tend to regard these claims with a skeptical eye. I think I've seen over and over again, when you have recounts, it usually doesn't, it doesn't change the results by a huge margin. But mm-hmm. all of these are really serious concerns. And I think, you know, not only is Trump and the campaign in their rights to call foul and to demand these issues be settled, but we should, I mean, the media should not be coming out and saying, oh, there's no evidence for this stuff. Like, these are very serious claims, and maybe the evidence will be found wanting. We're not sure. But our courts need to examine these claims in a court of law because, because otherwise, the results of the election, Americans should be worried about these reports, and they need to be rest, they need to be put at ease, whether Biden wins or whether Trump pulls an upset. Well, it, it took you about eight or nine minutes to run through that, and I'm glad you did, because uh, that, that's, I mean, uh, that's not just a couple little items there, You and you went through them pretty quickly. You could have gone into more detail on each one of them. Um, that seems like a pretty good case, uh, and and uh, it's, here in Pennsylvania, the law, as far as I understand, if the difference between the two candidates is uh, 0.5% or less, um, then there has to, there's a there has to be a recount by law. And at the last I looked, it was like five point five one. So it, it may just automatically cool. kick in. This is going to be a recount. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope so. But I think these yeah. issues. Yeah, the lawsuit says it wants to prevent Bukvar from certifying the results so that they can actually go through and fix all these issues. Um, and hopefully when they're fixed, we'll get clearer and better numbers. Um, you know, it, whether Trump wins or Biden wins, I think the most important thing is that every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is not counted. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, we're talking to Tyler O'Neill of PJ Media. You can find this piece here uh, and see this stuff in detail. Ten reasons Pennsylvania election results may be irredeemably compromised. And he's, he's quoting uh, President Trump's uh, top legal advisor. Um, but here's something I came across today. Uh, this is interesting. This is from, uh, for people who think that, you know, this is something new or that mail-in voting is, you know, never it's not a problem. Quit talking about it. This is from the uh, Commission on Federal Election Reform in 2005, okay? Uh, and it's, uh, this is, uh, it was chaired by Jimmy Carter and Tom Daschle, two pretty big names in the Democratic Party at the time. While vote-by-mail appears to increase turnout for local elections, there is no evidence that it significantly, significantly expands participation in federal elections. Moreover, it raises concerns about privacy, as citizens voting at home may come under pressure to vote for certain candidates, and it increases the risk of fraud. Did you hear that? That mail, mail-in ballots increases the risk of fraud. And it goes on to say... Oregon appears to have avoided significant fraud in its vote-by-mail elections by introducing safeguards to protect ballot integrity, including signature verification. Vote-by-mail is, however, likely to increase the risks of fraud and of contested elections in other states where the population is more mobile, where there is some history of troubled elections, or where the safeguards for ballot integrity are weaker. Tyler, that's 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, and it goes back further still. In 1970, I don't remember exactly what year, but in the 1970s, Carter, uh, President Jimmy Carter, commissioned a report with uh, somebody named Baker, and it's called the Carter-Baker Report. And in there, they raised very serious concerns about election fraud. Uh, But yeah, this is, I mean, this is a well-known fact in American politics that voting by mail opens the possibility for fraud. And yet we've seen over and over and over again, main uh, legacy media and big tech censoring the idea that there could possibly be any fraud with mail-in voting. And, and, so, and what we saw this, this election 
is it was a and they they tried to use COVID nineteen as a reason, but they were I saw I saw uh, people talking about it in October last October a year ago, encouraging people to vote by mail and it had nothing to do with COVID. The Democrats had started that a year ago. They were they were they were trying to get people interested in the idea of voting by mail, and they really really pushed it this time. And uh, it's fraud. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's when you look back on it, don't you have to be a little suspicious about how energy, how much uh, enthusiasm they showed for uh, mail in voting? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's it raises a lot of red flags. And I think, look, I mean, I don't want to accuse all Democrats of having nefarious goals behind these things. I think a lot of them may may have other reasons, but the fact that they're so willing to push vote by mail when there are serious concerns, and now the fact that after the election, they're acting as though these concerns are baseless, this right. this ought to concern Americans. Like, we, we have to be on guard about this kind of thing. And, you know, this is the same party that wants to rail, to ramrod our institutions to force their will on the American people. This is the party that wants to pack the Supreme Court. This is the party that wants to add new states. This is the party that wants to get rid of the filibuster. And I mean, not every Democrat supports those things, but you don't hear Republicans saying those things, even though we've had an activist Supreme Court going back decades that has unilaterally amended the Constitution. The the Republicans have merely fought to put in originalist justices who will reverse that that abuse of power. We're not the ones who want to pack the court. And I think, you know, this all seems to be of a piece from the far left Democrats these days. And it's Yeah. Here's here's another horrifying. quote. Here's another quote from that uh that uh re- election federal election reform. The problem, however, is not the magnitude of the fraud. In closer disputed elections, there are many, uh, uh, and there are many, a small amount of fraud could make the margin of difference. And second, the perception of possible fraud contributes to low confidence in the system. A good ID system could deter, detect, or eliminate several potential avenues of fraud. I have less than a minute left, Tyler. Just want to sum it up for us. I, I think you did a pretty good job here of uh, telling people in Pennsylvania what they're dealing with. Yeah, I'm- I think what we need to do, everybody needs to be making us think about this. Like, regardless of who wins the presidential election, these are these are serious concerns that need to be addressed. And you can follow it at, uh, follow me on PJ Media. Uh, I have a book exposing the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's called Making Hate Pay. And then we also have, uh, you can subscribe to PJ Media. Uh, you can use the code Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, to get a discount on the subscription but come and support our work and uh, and help us expose the truth on these issues. Hey, Tyler, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on. Hope to have you on again. Great stuff. Yeah, thanks, John. Okay, thank you, and we'll be right back. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This is AM 1250, The Answer. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance, or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is John Stagerwald from my friends at Marley Financial. 
And every agency offers the same stuff, well, except Marley Financial. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait until open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So here's a little bit more on uh, absentee and, and uh, voting by mail. This is a guy from, um, this is Eon Sancho. I-O-N is his first name. I'll call him Eon Sancho. He's an election supervisor in Tallahassee, Florida. He says, the more people you force to vote by mail, the more invalid ballots you will generate. And then this is from the same story. It says, the trend will probably, this is talking about the trend in increased uh, voting by mail. The trend will probably result in more uncounted votes and it increases the potential for fraud. While fraud in voting by mail is far less common than innocent errors, it is vastly more prevalent than in-person voting fraud that has attracted far more attention, according to election uh, administrators. Um, now, here's the interesting thing about this. The, the headline on this piece is Error and fraud at issue as absentee voting rises. It was written by Adam Liptak uh, for the New York Times, but he wrote it on October sixth, two thousand and twelve. This was uh, this was in the days of uh, the, the leading up to the two thousand and twelve election, uh, and uh, this story is just full of um, of people uh, of examples of why voting by mail is bad and the less. You have people doing it, the better for everybody. And I told you what Jimmy Carter and Tom Daschle said way back in 2005, that it's not a good idea to encourage voting by mail or absentee voting unless it's absolutely necessary. But for some reason, don't know why, the Democrats seemed really, really enthusiastic about getting people to vote by mail this time. Hmm, wonder why that was. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.